Like so many new systems before it, the Columbia-class submarines are having software trouble, among other supply and development challenges. We get the latest look-see at this critical military program from the Director of Contracting and National Security Acquisitions at the Government Accountability Office, Shelby Oakley. Ms. Oakley, good to have you back. Thanks for having me. Give us the status of this program. As I understand it, there are two that are under construction, but you have found that there are some pretty significant holdups. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, With the 2021 NDAA, um, the National Defense Authorization Act, the Congress actually finally authorized construction of the first two submarines. But frankly, the construction of the submarines has been underway for about four years with um, the Navy's advanced construction efforts. And so they really tried to begin construction on some areas of the submarine that they knew were going to really cause a lot of schedule pressure once in, in formal construction. And and our report really takes a look at like what that progress was and what the outcomes were and how the design progress didn't necessarily progress as planned. And so some of these risks that they were trying to buy down are now going to be flowing into, you know, formal construction efforts for the submarine. And for these new submarines, are they equally dependent on software that is more dependent than prior generations, just as the F-35 and other new platforms emerging are highly software dependent? They are. The software issues that we identify in our report are really related to the software tool that the builder, Electric Boat, is using to design the submarine. And this tool was really intended to enable greater efficiencies on the design of the Columbia-class submarine than we've seen in the past. So this 84-month aggressive development schedule, construction schedule for the lead submarine for Columbia-class is shorter than any of the last four lead submarines that the Navy has developed. And that kind of aggressive schedule was intended to be facilitated by this new tool that was going to enable greater efficiencies in the design process. But frankly, from the beginning, Electric Boat had a lot of challenges with the tool at every step of the way. So, you know, when you're designing a submarine, you're laying out what it's going to look like, and then you get to a place where you're, you know, doing more detailed design of those sections of the submarine, and then finally you get to the place where you're actually printing out, developing work instructions for um, the builders and, and doing material orders. And each step along the way there during the design process Electric Boat has experienced challenges with that tool that needed to be overcome that led to decreased efficiency. You know, for example, Electric Boat had to add just in FY19 alone 300 additional designers to pick up the pace on that design tool, and that really increased cost of the design contract. Yeah, so they almost could have gone back to slide rules and sketch pads, I guess, at that point. I'm not sure they would have done that, but yes, (laughs) it didn't give them the efficiency they thought it would. Got it. So is the submarine itself simply existing as a design, or are there ribs and pieces of hull fabricated yet? Oh, absolutely. They're bending metal on this submarine. It's, It's well underway with those advanced construction efforts. Some of the construction began in like 2016, and so... You know, it's definitely well underway um, at this point. What about the, do we have any idea, though, about the software that will control operations on the submarine yet? We have 
haven't done work on that issue as of yet. Our work has really been focused on the hardware design, as has been the work of the program. And so, as you know, we're, we are charged with assessing this program pretty much every year until it's in operations. And the status of the, the software development that's going to enable um, the technologies on the submarine will be certainly be an area that we dive into going forward as that work continues to pick up. But too early to tell if it's a submerged version of the F-35. Absolutely. Too early to tell at this point. Well, maybe the one will watch the other and know what not to do. We're speaking (laughs) with Shelby Oakley, Director of Contracting and National Security Acquisitions at the Government Accountability Office. And your report also details some hardware problems, bent metal issues. There's a picture of a quad pack, rather, of four submarine missile tubes, which are Mm -hmm. tall enough for a human being to stand up in. What's the issue with some of these uh, subsystems or sub-assemblies? Yeah, absolutely. The Navy has had some kind of widespread quality problems on the program. And, you know, as the title of our report indicates, the challenges are really due in part to, you know, them relying on a a smaller and less capable industrial base, supplier base, than during previous boons. And one of the primary challenges that the Navy has faced thus far related to the missile tubes, and that's the picture that you're referring to that's on the, the highlights page of our report. And so the Navy began advanced construction on these missile tubes, I think, in 2016. But in 2018, the shipbuilder discovered weld defects, among other issues, um, on the missile tubes from all three of the missile tube suppliers. And this was a big deal because electric boat, it was discovered, didn't have effective oversight practices in place, and the Navy didn't have on-site government inspections in place at the suppliers to catch the issues before these missile tubes were shipped off to EB. So these missile tubes arrived there, and they were being outfitted with, like, piping and, you know, all the stuff that goes on the missile tubes, and then the issues were identified. And so you can imagine what the impact of that is, you know, time-intensive repairs and rework that our report indicates amounts to about 50,000 hours of delayed work at the shipyard due to just fixing the existing missile tubes. And so I think this issue was a real wake-up call for the Navy and for Electric Boat to, you know, take a harder look at supplier quality and supplier capacity within its supplier base. And this is particularly crucial because these these suppliers, Electric Boat and Newport News, they're relying on a supplier base to not only help build the Columbia-class submarines, but the Virginia-class submarines are being built simultaneously. And so this is one of the primary challenges that the Navy faces in meeting its goals for this program going forward. And should we make a distinction between this set of suppliers that's having welding and other quality control problems? Is that just with those companies, or is there maybe something more fundamental that the United States is losing the ability to do precision welds with highly engineered alloys. Yeah, I think it's not a secret that welding is always a challenge um, and that that's an area of concern across the defense industrial base. Um, And so 
from from uh, you know from that perspective, absolutely, this is this is a real challenge. You know, with these suppliers, many of them are increasing in size. For example, to build up their capacity to be able to address these new, so they're hiring a lot of new people. And so, you know, there is a difference between a welder that you're hiring that maybe has certifications and whatnot versus somebody that's been doing it for 20 years. And so, I think that part of the challenge is going to be for you know electric boat and its suppliers and the Navy's oversight to kind of keep an eye on you know where we're really having to stretch our capacity and increase our workforces and how we're addressing some of these experience issues that you really can only get from you know on the job training. All right, so let's get to the recommendations. You had three, but they're pretty big ones, and they go right up to the Secretary of the Navy. Yeah, absolutely. So our first recommendation was focused on having the Navy update the Congress on the updated costs of the program. The uh, budget request that the Congress used to approve uh, lead ship authorization was based upon costs that were known to be <laughs> lower than what was frankly going to be in reality. And so we just wanted the Navy to provide that additional information to the Congress for its decision-making process. Second thing we wanted the Navy to do was to really reassess where government source inspections are necessary. In developing um, its process for government source inspections at suppliers, the Navy relied on a 1996 letter that was based upon the Virginia class program. And I think, you know, our, our contention is it didn't really take into account the Columbia class considerations. And so we really asked the Navy to take a reassess when they were going to be doing these government source inspections. And then finally, the Navy is required every year to report on the status of the program to the Congress with a report that's to accompany the, the budget each year. And, you know, they're reporting on things like technology development and cost and schedule and, and whatnot, but supplier readiness is really key to achieving this aggressive schedule for the design and construction of the Columbia-class submarine. So we thought it would be a good idea for them to continue to or to add information on supplier readiness to those congressional reports so that our decision makers can have the full amount of information to understand either where they need to take action to continue to support the supplier base, which they have in the past, or where they can, you know, feel confident that the Navy has things on track. And it's fair to say this is one of the key legs in America's defense, fundamentally, is this new class of submarines. Absolutely. And, I, you know, that's a really important point that, you know, the Navy doesn't have a lot of wiggle room with the Columbia-class submarine. It is the most survivable leg of the nuclear triad. And the Ohio-class submarines, the current leg, the current sea-based leg of the nuclear triad are on their last leg, no pun intended. And so the Navy really is under a lot of pressure to get this Columbia-class submarine. And, you know, not to take us totally off topic, but, you know, and now we could be in the midst of a huge naval buildup. And so the Navy is going to be trying to accomplish this huge, expensive Columbia-class program that's necessary for supporting our nuclear deterrent at the same time as trying to build up its fleet to address these, you know, these new threats. And so it's going to be a real challenge over the next, you know, decade or so for the Navy to continue to, you know, manage all these balls that it has in the air. 
All right. Shelby Oakley is Director of Contracting and National Security Acquisitions at the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash Podcast One to learn more and start your free trial.